This podcast is brought to you by Two More Reps Coffee Beans. Get your two more reps with this natural pre-workout. Buy your bag at twomorereps.com.au. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Paul's Body Engineering Podcast. Today, I've got another special guest. I'm so lucky to have some of these amazing people come on my podcast. Claire Netley is a qualified life and recovery coach. She's also a yoga and meditation teacher, having formerly been president of Yoga Australia. But what makes Claire unique is that she used to be a uh, an employee in the corporate world, high end, high up, and uh, she walked in, worked in sports marketing, very, very high stressful job, 24-7, didn't stop, and then she burnt out. And this interview or podcast is talking to her about the burnout, the experience, and the change she has made since then. And it's quite unique. And now she helps coach others along the same path, discovering uh, how to overcome and work through toxic relationships, setting personal and intimate boundaries. And uh, she's worked with hundreds of people and it's fantastic to have her on. So without further ado, let's get on with it. Claire Netley, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm good, thanks, Paul. I'm really good. I'm really happy to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Yes, me too. Absolutely. I um I put that call out on uh on the the website. They're looking for people for people to come on and obviously have a chat to me about some various health and fitness journeys they may have been on. And yours is certainly unique, um, but also I think would assimilate a lot with a lot of people, particularly in in current climates, mm-hmm. um, given the state of the world, and you know we've just gone through a pandemic and all this sort of stuff, and we're always busy um so i thought right let's uh let's have a chat and and uh and get into uh what what you used to do and what you do now so um if you'd like to obviously introduce yourself first and foremost that'd be great and 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 what you currently do yeah yeah sure so i'm a i'm currently i'm a coach teacher speaker and the founder of a program called the self-centered woman and better boundaries and i basically help women, mostly women. I do work with some men, but mostly women and high performing women. I help them break the people pleasing pattern so that they can take more control over their lives. Wow. Wow. I I bet you there's a lot of reward in doing that. There is so much reward, so much reward. It's such a gift. I I really love what I do. Excellent. Yeah. But you are going on, on obviously what I know about you so far, you weren't always that way. You, you, so you had a, a, for lack of a better term, high-powered corporate job, mm-hmm. um, was constantly chasing success. Do you want to mm-hmm. talk to me about the, that role? You don't have to obviously get into specifics as to who you work with unless you're happy to, to do so. And then obviously the ideology of, of chasing success back in the day. Yeah, yeah. So I was working in sports marketing and okay. it was a job that I think a lot of people would cut their right arm off for it was it was a really it was a really great job it was a great great opportunity and there was a lot of things that I really enjoyed about it but I suffered about about 18 months into that job I suffered like really severe severe burnout and I had been in different industries throughout my career so I've always what I've recognized about myself is that I've always been someone that is very interested in personal growth in potential 
in in people's potential. I started out in the entertainment industry. And we oh, were wow. just talk, yeah, we were just talking about London. So I yep. started out in the entertainment industry back in London. I worked in the music industry. Wow. I'm very, very passionate about music and the art. So that's kind of where I started and then ended up falling into actually getting recruited, poached, headhunted is the yep. right word, into marketing and then kind of stayed in that world and, and ended up in sports marketing. Okay. So this was this was about 10 years ago. And I, yeah, I was kind of, I burnt out in that role. And, you know, you, you mentioned the chasing success. And that was definitely something that I was doing. I was very, I was very caught up in my identity and my value was tied to my work. Okay. You know, so, and I was always kind of, I prided myself on what I did for a living. You know, yeah. that, that was kind of my identity. Everything was sort of sewn up in that. And I think that's not uncommon in our world. You know, I think mm. so many people, their value and their worth is, is tied up in, in what they do. And we live in a society, we live in a culture that rewards that. You know, we're all about productivity and go and achieve and that's right. all, that, all that sort of stuff. So yes. I was kind of on that hamster wheel as well. And then, um, yeah, and then suffered burnout. And it really caused me to kind of reevaluate my whole world. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That would have been a, was, was it a light bulb moment or did it take a bit of time? I think it took, it was, it was both. I think it was a light bulb moment of, I can't do this anymore. Okay. And there was also, and then there was a kind of, long time of processing that and a long time of recovering from right because i was physically mentally emotionally spiritually just exhausted you know i was gonna i was gonna ask about that yeah the the, so the symptoms as you just mentioned you were completely drained on all levels yes all levels i my mental health was appalling right i had really high levels of anxiety i was having panic attacks I was taking, now I, I was naturally and am naturally a very kind of confident person, but okay. on the inside, I was a wreck. You know, wow. I, was, I was kind of wearing this, I've got it all together mask, but on the inside, I felt so disconnected, so unhappy, so kind of um, exhausted, although I didn't really realize I was exhausted. So yeah, <laughs> in, in terms of the symptoms, the anxiety, high levels of anxiety, panic, I was taking beta blockers to calm my panic attacks. Wow. Yeah. And I was also finding it really difficult. I was in a very, very male-dominated industry. Yes. And, and that was really challenging. There was a, there was a lot of, um, you know, we're having many more conversations now about sexism and, and harassment in the workplace. And there was a whole bunch of stuff that I was kind of facing at work in in that respect and trying to kind of break through that sort of glass ceiling a little bit, you know, things that yes. were said to me or about me. So there was a lot, a lot of that kind of stuff going on as well. I can imagine, which, yeah. Yeah, which was really challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was kind of, yeah, my mental health was a was shocking. My hormones were out of whack. Mm. I was not in a good place. And I had this real sense of being tired but wired. I could not stop. Wow. I didn't I didn't have an off button. I didn't know how to stop and I didn't know I couldn't I couldn't sleep properly. I was, that was I was gonna ask that, yeah. How was your yeah, sleep patterns? Yeah. Sleep sleep was terrible. I would be thinking about work in the middle of the night. I would wake up in the middle of the night, I'd be writing things down. Like the pressure from this job was phenomenal because wow. we were we were launching a televised team. 
Okay. And so the, the pressure was kind of through the roof and we were a small team backed by a bigger kind of organisation, but a fairly yep. small team. And we were all kind of doing this thing for the first time. And I, I just had way more on my plate than I knew how to manage. And I also didn't know my own limits. I didn't know my own capacities. I didn't know. I wasn't really in touch with my own humanity, Paul. You know, I, wow. I didn't kind of, I wasn't kind of going, oh, actually, I need rest and I need to exercise and I need to yep. drink more water and I need to get some sleep. I, I just was not in touch with my own humanity. I expected myself to be a machine rather than to be a human being. Absolutely. I was going to ask, was it a case that you just sort of, you know, you, you often hear people say, oh, you've got to hustle, 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 drive, 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 you know, work hard, work hard, then you see results. 10, 15 years down the track or something. Was that some somewhat of a mindset that you had within that industry to just go, 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 go? And you yes. just believe that, it, you know, you, you push the the symptoms or the the the, um, the idea of you getting tired aside and just kept going? Yes. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I often talk now to people about how I was in this cycle of go, go, go. And I think so many people in our society are. Absolutely. I just, I just did a presentation last week at a massive insurance group here and talked about this cycle of go, 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 mm. and then crash. Yeah. And that, and that cycle is supported by coffee. It's supported by adrenaline. It's, you know, supported by sports drinks constantly yep. throughout the day. And that's how I was kind of living. I, I wasn't eating properly. I wasn't taking care of myself. And, you know, and then people go on holiday and they – they can't relax or it takes them days and days to relax. Yeah. And then while they're there, they're thinking about all the stuff that they have to do when they get back. Mm-hmm. And this is what I was like. Um, and now I try to live in this cycle of go, rest, go, rest, you know, and actually realise that there's nothing to get. Mm. There's nothing actually to achieve. <laughs> There's only to kind of be, you know, and the doing has to flow from the being. So it's about building my character and who I am as a person rather than what I'm doing. And also recognizing that the things are never going to be done. You know, this is adulting. All the things are never going to be done. So I have to give myself permission to rest and to play and to enjoy my life because that's what we're here to do you know yeah oh 100% I couldn't agree more um you've just probably described I don't know maybe 80% of the population at the moment in terms of those that go on holiday and can't unwind and then they come back and say I need a holiday to get in my holiday Mm. you know or 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 they're leading into a holiday go man I really need a holiday right now because of that fact because they go 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 non-stop non-stop not enough hours in the day you know I don't have enough time how many people just say that I know, uh, yeah. I know, and they do. We all have enough time. It's, yeah. it's what we do with that time and how we prioritise. Correct, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so in terms of obviously recovery then, you've identified, um, you know, you, you acknowledge you burnt out, um, obviously all the symptoms you spoke about. What was the next step? Did you quit your job or was it a transition period? Did you take some time out for yourself before you identified what you wanted to do next? How did that all uh, unfold? I quit. I quit my job right. and I took four months off. Was that a nerve-wracking experience doing that, like no, quitting? No. It was, it, actually, that's a really good question. It, it was two things. Yep. I wasn't worried about the lack of income. The, it, I, was, I felt like a failure. Okay. 
yeah, I felt like a failure because I was looking around and going, well, everyone else is doing it. What's wrong yeah. with me that I yep. can't, I can't do what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. So there was that kind of feeling. And, but there was also this immense relief as well. Yeah, okay. Big weight you know, off the shoulders. Huge weight off my shoulders and thinking, I don't have to deal with that anymore. Mm. You know? And I can just take some time out, reevaluate. And, and the funny thing was, this is the irony. You're probably going to laugh when you hear this. When I was doing that job, I was also doing a two-year diploma to be a yoga teacher. <laughs> that is already. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I was already kind of getting the call, right? I was already getting the sig- signals. Okay. Something's not right. Yep. Something's not right in my world and I need to find balance. So I, yeah, I studied two years to be a yoga meditation teacher and qualified uh, about three months after I'd finished the job. So I was already kind of going, I'm going to change direction. Things need to, things yep. need to change. The yeah. path was already in place. You just had to follow it. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's unreal. So then, the time frame between identifying that and then obviously to what you do now was it s- gradual growth, just implementing different strategies, and obviously personal and professional development along the way to take some time. Yes. To, and, and is this the end game now for you in terms of where you see yourself? Yes. Yeah. So I was teaching uh, and I was sharing a lot of what I was learning during that yep. time. And kind of still figuring out what am I doing? Like I looked at opening a studio and kind of did the numbers around that and I'm sort of going, that does not seem like a sustainable option. Mm, And I didn't want to take on a massive lease as well. And um, so really kind of exploring where am I going, where am I taking this? And did some part-time work for for a while as well with different organisations. So I had kind of that nice balance. And then I started to go, well, there's a gap here. There's a gap. The yoga and the meditation, and I was doing so much study in terms of um, the body and somatic work and doing advanced training. Yep. And then I and I was also the president of Yoga Australia. Okay. Uh, that was back in 2015, so I was doing a lot in that space as well and supporting that organisation in terms of its growth. And, and, yeah, I just kind of started to feel like there's a gap here. I need to do something more. So then I ended up studying to be a coach. And, yeah, it was still really kind of on this journey of figuring out what's my next move, what's my next move. And then I sort of went, I need to bring all of this together. You know, I need yeah, okay. to bring together this kind of mindset, performance, well-being, and how to have an impact in the world but not kind of lose yourself in the, in the process. Yes. And a big part of my recovery was learning. I had a mentor at the time and she said to me, Claire, you need better boundaries. And I was like, what the hell are boundaries? I, mm. I just didn't even know really what they were. And that was when this light bulb went on and I went, oh, my God, this is, this is phenomenal because what I realise now, Paul, is that I was very much a – people pleaser I didn't really have this kind of sense of agency in my life and I didn't know how to say no to people I didn't know that I could say no Mm -hmm. I didn't know that that was an option I thought other people had authority over me and yes you know we have managers and we have bosses and we have people in positions of authority but they don't actually have agency over us and I really hadn't kind of learned to embrace my own personal power and my Mm. voice 
And so when I started learning about boundaries, there was this sense of, and, and speaking to other women that I knew, there was this sense of, I need to share this. People need to know. People need to know that they have agency, that they have power, that they can say no, that they can, you know, um, prioritize themselves and take care of themselves. And, and they don't need to kind of be on this constant hamster wheel and, and really kind of combining that with the meditation and the mindfulness and helping people reconnect back into themselves because I think so many people are disconnected from themselves they're disconnected oh, from totally. their bodies yep. they're disconnected from what they're feeling so it's I've really kind of been on this journey of pulling all this together wow that's impressive um and, and actually that's a good segue into obviously what I was going to ask you about next because you one of your philosophies is is setting healthy boundaries mm. so do you want to do you want to sort of go into that a little bit more in terms of how that operates within your coaching and, and obviously some of the, the um, I guess, the areas you've, you've identified that people don't have boundaries with, like what you've just explained. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, in terms of boundaries, well, the first thing I'll say is I'll talk about what boundaries are because a lot of people don't really know. People tend to think when they hear the word boundaries, firstly, they get really scared. They think mm. that it, it means saying no to people and it means there's going to be conflict. Yep. So a big part of what I had to learn to do was to embrace conflict and meditation and mindfulness really helped me sit with the discomfort of saying no and, and kind of owning my truth and embracing hard conversations. If, if you want to be successful in your life and you will know this, mm -hmm. you want to be successful in life, you've got to be able to sit with discomfort and you've got to be able to have hard conversations. Right. And, and most people avoid those things. They do. Mm. Yeah. And so uh, that's why I got so passionate about this work and talking about boundaries and, and educating people that boundaries aren't really about saying no to other people. They're about saying yes to yourself. Mm -hmm. And so the boundaries conversation comes into play when you start to understand, well, who am I? What do I want for my life? And how am I going to preserve that? How am I going to protect that? What are my values? What matters to me? Yep. And then we can use boundaries to support that. And boundaries are, we have physical boundaries, you know, personal space, yes. touch, all those sorts of things. We have physical boundaries, intellectual boundaries, physical, mental, emotional, um, spiritual, material. So material uh, things like our time, our energy, our finances, you know, our resources, our attention. Yeah, well. And if we are not conscious, if we're not awake, if we're not making conscious decisions about where we kind of place our time, our energy, you know, what we do with our money, what we do with our attention. Um, if we're not conscious of what we want physically, mentally, emotionally, and what we will and won't tolerate in our lives, then people will cross our boundaries. And what happens is that we, we kind of get the signals, right? We, we, we know in our bodies, if we're in tune, we know in our bodies something's not right. You know, we have a conversation with someone or somebody says something and we go, oh, that doesn't feel right. But I think we've learned, as we were just alluding to before, that a lot of people kind of squash what they're feeling or they don't talk about what they're feeling or they're scared of speaking up. Absolutely. And so they bury what's going on for them and then people step over their boundaries and they kind of wonder why. It's like, mm. you know, one of the questions you asked me in our online in our email conversation was about, relationships and toxic yes. relationships and I was in a very unhealthy relationship years ago because I didn't have any boundaries wow and okay. so you know and I learned to 
ignore, I ignored the red flags mm. that were sort of coming up because I was abandoning myself for this other person. And this is where the boundaries conversation comes in because so many people are afraid to communicate their boundaries mm. and they're often afraid to communicate them because they have this fear of rejection and a fear of abandonment. But actually what's happening is we're just abandoning ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what I'm doing is educating people on boundaries and going, well, this is what boundaries are. Let's unpack what are your boundaries mm -hmm. and helping people to identify them and get clear on them and then helping people learn to communicate them and to do so in a way that is really easy and doesn't have to be a big, hard conversation. And, and I was talking with a client a few weeks ago and she was saying, I'm so amazed at how easy it is to do this stuff. But in my mind, it was so hard and it yeah. was so scary because often it's little things that we do internally and we only have to kind of have the big, hard conversation if someone is continuously overstepping our boundaries and we're not being clear and we're not being effective and we're not being direct in what we say. And when we learn to do that, then the boundaries conversation gets so much easier. That's a really good point. Like people do fear conflict and fear change and fear rejection. Um, but more often than not, uh, through experience, you know that those conversations and setting those boundaries are not anywhere near as bad as you make them out into your head. Mm -hmm. You know, we build it up and build it up. And I don't know why it's such a, a cultural thing um, where we're, we're all thinking worst case scenario. Yeah. I, I don't, you might be able to shed some light on it, but we do. We, we, we think worst case scenario, all events, all situations that might uh, pertain to conflict. Yes. Yeah, a lot of the time it, it could be simply resolved through something as simple as a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're wired for safety, right? Yeah. We're wired for safety. We're wired to kind of stay in the tribe. And, and in terms of our wider tribe, I don't think we're very good in our society at speaking our truth. So yeah. we do kind of go into this safety and we go into this, well, I can't speak up because X, Y, Z will happen. And we do, you know, I laugh about it all the time that my mind goes to, well, what's the worst that can happen? And yeah. what I now do is I change that and I go, well, what's the best that could happen? Absolutely. You know, what, yeah. what, and, and to get out of this kind of negative cycle of, of thinking and this kind of primal fear-based thinking and going, well, actually, if I have a conversation with someone and if I show up wholeheartedly and authentically in this relationship, then I'm going to build more intimacy. We don't build intimacy with people by hiding who we are, by mm. hiding our truth. What we have, and my coach uses this language and I love it, is we end up having arrangement rather than ah. intimacy. You, know, like you, have, you have two people that have an arrangement, they've buried a whole bunch of stuff between them yep. and they're not showing up authentically in their, in their relationship. And I mm -hmm. don't want that. You know, no. I, want, I want in my relationships, and it's not just intimate relationships, it's in area, any area of my life. Of course. I want the people I'm in relationship with to be free. Mm. And I want that for myself as well. You know, I want to be able to say no to people and have them be able to hold that. And I want to hear other people's no, you know. Because yep. yep. then you kind of know where you stand. It's it's a much healthier relationship, I think. It is. Full transparency and, and being genuine with each other, I think. You know, we tend mm. to step on eggshells a lot of the time if we're not 100% confident with what the outcome might be. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So how do you how do you recognise a toxic relationship? You know, if you're in one, you, you generally have your blinkers on, you, the, the the blinds are rolled down, and you're sort of just not uh, completely understanding what people see from the outside looking in. So you know, if there's a question mark, if you tend to start start questioning the situation, or maybe you've listened enough to external noise to maybe wonder. But how do you how do you actually identify that and then take some steps towards rectifying it? I think, you know, the first thing is about being really honest with yourself. And it's really hard because if you're in a, I know, are you talking about intimate relationships now? Should we talk Primarily, about yeah. Primarily, yeah. 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 So I think it's, it's learning to be really honest with yourself. And, and often what we do is we gaslight ourselves. Mm. You know, we kind of, we have the red flag or we have a feeling, we know something's not right, but we talk ourselves out of it. Yeah. And, and people often do this. This comes up in the boundary conversations all the time. You know, we might have a, an instant reaction. It can be to a simple request mm. and our body says no, but our mind will jump in and say, oh, well, you know, they've had a tough day or they're having a hard time or I shouldn't be selfish or I should do this, I should do that. And when we do that, we're gaslighting ourselves. Yeah. You know, we, we're talking ourselves out of our own reality. So in terms of toxic relationships, it's about really kind of being honest with ourselves and stepping into, stepping into vulnerability and being able to have that conversation either with ourselves or with somebody else and sharing with someone else what's going on because you know fear and shame it can't survive when we bring it out into the light Mm. and this is the most interesting thing about the work that I do is that we all have stuff and we all have things that we're embarrassed about that we're ashamed of and often we think we're the only person going through it and it's not true. So for anyone out there listening, whatever it is you think is your big dark secret, I promise you someone else has the same stuff. 100%. And you won't heal it by keeping it buried. No, so, no. Good point. Yeah. So the first thing that we have to do is kind of bring it into the light. So if you think you're in an unhealthy relationship, say it out loud, see how it feels, see how it sits. But there's some things that I look for. In, in intimate relationships and those things are so I'll, I'll go from the what a toxic relationship might involve perspective okay. and then we can flip to the opposite so yep. incon- inconsistency someone who's blowing hot and cold all the time oh. is is a red flag to me um, another red flag is those real highs and lows you know so I know when I was in my very toxic relationship it was very passionate and very heated, but was also incredibly toxic. And we were fighting, you know, we were either kind of making out or we were fighting. Like That's not a healthy relationship. That is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So that kind of stuff. Um, someone who can't hear no. Okay. So if you want to know how solid your relationship is, say no and see how the other person responds. Absolutely. I was mentoring someone recently and they were telling me about a friendship that they had for 18 years and they thought the friendship was really solid. And then finally, after 18 years, they said no to this other person and the other person ended the friendship. Wow. Now, I know that that can be really scary and that Mm -hmm. kind of sometimes makes people say, well, I'm not going to set a boundary because that's what's going to happen. Yep. That is not guaranteed. It is rare. It does happen, but it's rare. But what happens is when you lose those people, you make space for better, healthier people. Correct. And and once you start to be able to set boundaries, then 
you actually don't, don't have to do it so much. It's like yep. you naturally attract better people. So going back to your question about toxic relationships, when we have a really healthy relationship with ourselves, mm. we naturally attract healthier people and healthier relationships. So I always say to people, start with the relationship with yourself. Yep. But, yeah, it's that inconsistency, going back to answer your question, inconsistency, can't hear no. I'm just looking at my notes here. People that kind of fast-track the relationship as well, okay. you know, the whole love bombing thing, um, that's kind of a whole other conversation. Yep. And that when we meet someone, that chemistry, that instant chemistry and that high, that's often a bad sign, which is really hard for people to hear because it's what <laughs> a lot of people look for. But it's kind of that slow, steady growth and, you know, the maturity, being able to have conversations and conversations about a wide range of things. If you go into a relationship with someone and you're immediately talking about all your traumas and sitting up all night talking about that, that's also the sign, I think, of something unhealthy. You know, it's kind of enjoying things together and being happy together. Yes, you want to be talking about that stuff because we all have stuff and we all have traumas and you want to be able to have that conversation but we don't get into relationship to fix other people yes you know and as someone who used to see other people's potential I used to date men who where I saw their potential and I would try and help them reach their potential not my job no they have to do that yeah absolutely yeah so does that answer your question about kind of toxic I think so absolutely yeah I I guess you know it it, it simulates across not only intimate relationships, as you said, but, you know, even working relationships or friendships, you've mentioned that as well. So, mm. you know, I think you can draw guidance from any of those to, to try and um, remediate that sort of issue. But it's certainly something that, like, I see it firsthand in my role um, a lot of the time because, you know, working with uh, clients with health and fitness, they tend to treat you like a, uh, a hairdresser as such because they will talk. They'll openly talk in a, in a safe environment. Mm. Um, and you often hear about the, the relationship they're in and the, and the lack of intimacy or the lack of understanding or whatever. So it, it certainly rings alarm bells, but at the same time, I'm not, I'm not there to obviously provide them with the, the guidance or anything around that. But it, it, it's really clear that, um, you know, it, it, it's so prevalent in our world at the moment. And, and it was certainly tested. Like you, you see the stats on the news regarding divorce rates and things like that through the, the pandemic we just went through, like mm. when people had to spend a lot more time together. That yeah. was a prime example. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in terms, let's go back to you. In terms of um, yourself, now obviously you've, you've t- come on this massive journey and now you're obviously mm-hmm. practising um, your coaching. What's, what's some of the self-care practices you undertake on a daily or weekly basis to maintain obviously good mindfulness, meditation, you've mentioned yoga, you've mentioned, uh, is there anything else that's really simple that people can undertake to obviously work on their own? Uh, personal space and their own growth and things like that that you you currently practice yeah so it's definitely yeah it's definitely the meditation that happens every day without Uh without doubt the other thing that I do I do something called yoga nidra I call it sort of active rest right and that that's about I have to do that every every few days. I like to do it every day. I don't get to it every day, but that's Mm -hmm. putting my body in a deep rest state, a deep kind of healing state. So it's a body scan and it's usually about half an hour. And um, yeah, it just puts me in a deep relaxation. So it's different to meditation, you know, meditation, we're kind of focusing the mind and Mm -hmm. we're learning to kind of manage the mind. 
and live with the mind. Yes. Uh, in terms of yoga nidra, that's active rest. So it's putting the body into a deep relaxation state. And I have found <clears throat> that it's really helped me in terms of my emotional regulation, just being, you know, more emotionally stable, more relaxed, not being in a high stress state. And it really puts my body into that healing state. It's great okay. for kind of healing. Like yep. I really kind of feel the benefits of that. So that's something I do regularly. Getting outdoors, getting sun. It's it's the basics, Paul. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It's, it's getting sleep. It's hydration. It's good food. I don't put crap in my body anymore. Yep. You know, I eat really well. I get outdoors. Time in nature is really important. Movement. So not just exercise, but movement. Movement. Yep. Yeah. Movement throughout the day. When I don't do that regularly, I really feel it. And and breathing. You know, yeah. like just stopping. Sometimes I'll stop in the middle of my day and just take 10 breaths. Or if I'm feeling overwhelmed, mm -hmm. then I will, um, I'll just meditate, you know, okay. and I'll just kind of stop and go, okay, I just need to reset. I need to reset my nervous system. I'll drop into mm -hmm. some meditation or some breathing, journaling as well, yeah. just to get what's up in my head out. Uh, there was something else that just jumped into my head and boundaries. Oh, of course, you know, yeah. Saying saying no, saying no, to, yeah. Saying no to stuff, prioritizing, minimizing screen time. So mm -hmm. I, you know, not having screens on all the time. Yep. Um, time off my phone, and yeah, just kind of enjoying the world out there, the real kind of world. You know. It's 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 ironic because the majority of things you just mentioned then you know the getting outside the sunshine the the breathing the the walking it's all free it's yeah. all at our disposal whenever we need it yet we for some reason again I go back to what I said very early on in the piece we don't have the time mm. I really dislike that statement when people tell me that they don't have the time it's just that they're not prioritizing their health in my opinion yeah um, but it is it's so free but. Uh, for some reason, we don't value it. We don't value the fact that the sun's out and we can go for a five-minute walk and get some sun on our skin and get vitamin D and be energised. Or like you just said, sit in your own space for a moment, take some deep breaths, get some oxygen in the system and, and just recalibrate yourself, you know. Mm. it's um, Yeah, it, it, I think as a society we still have a long way to go, but people like yourself um, who are certainly working with with others to try and improve our way of life is, um, is certainly heading in the right direction, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And letting go of this idea that there's somewhere to get to. Mm. And I, I can fall back into this, you know, I'm human, and I sometimes fall back into it. But, and I have to kind of stop and check in and say, hang on a minute, Claire, what's your what's your motivation here? But yeah. I remember, after my burnout, seeing this Chinese medicine practitioner, and, and I saw her for a few sessions. And she said to me, you know, Claire, where are you going? What are you racing towards? Yeah. She said, because the only thing you're racing towards is your own death. And I was like, wow, okay, yeah, I've heard that. You know, it was a pretty confronting thing to say it's to very someone. very true, isn't it? Yeah. And she was right. Yeah. You know, the, the point is to be here. And I think a lot of people are really afraid to sit with themselves. And, yep. and the thing that I would say, and I was that way too, I found it so hard to meditate. I found it so hard to stop. Sitting with myself at times was unbearable. Mm -hmm. And what I had to do was lean into that and to know that it gets easier. And even if it's one minute a day and you start there, you know, don't start with 10 minutes if that feels impossible. Yes. 
And the other sign is that the other thing is that that is a sign that your nervous system is massively dysregulated. Mm. So the more that we can downregulate or just regulate people's nervous systems, the easier it is to kind of be in that space. And I think people are so much in their kind of this constant sympathetic state that they don't know how to get out of it and doing rest and stopping feels so alien. So I would say to people listening, if, if that is true for you, that is really normal. It's, it, it is hard to stop when you're constantly on go, 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 you know, but it's kind of something that we have to, you know, we have to do the thing before we feel like doing it. And then, and then it becomes the new normal. And, people say to me like you Paul people say to me I don't have time to do that mm. and what I say to them is yes you do you swap an episode of, of, of Netflix <laughs> you know you swap yeah. a tv show for something yeah. you it, you're telling me you don't want to do it and if you don't want to do it own that but don't tell me you can't do it absolutely you know absolutely yeah, yeah. let's be let's be radically honest with us it would make the world a nicer place. It really would. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something just before that I caught and I wanted to bring it, bring back to it. You said when when you're, you're working and sometimes you'll get overwhelmed. So mm. to me, that suggests that, and, and I wanted to obviously um, make this clear to anyone listening, like, you know, you've gone through this journey, you've obviously um, corporate job, burnout, et cetera, but you still have those moments. Mm. You know, we're human beings at the end of the day. We still have those moments. So it's not like you've completely fixed the 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 response that you have to certain stimuli or certain work situations or whatever it's just that you can manage it a lot better now would that be fair yes, to say absolutely yeah. yeah yeah I still allow myself to be human I still allow myself you know to because I don't want to fall into that perfectionism and then beating myself up if I don't yeah. do the thing you know and it's just like we were talking about before it's about being honest with myself and going okay Claire what's going on here you know mm. like just and and sometimes I might be avoiding something or sure. You know, I'm like, oh, I don't want to sit still. And usually when I don't want to sit still, that means I need to. (laughs) Good sign. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Excuse me. So I I wanted to um, talk about, you mentioned obviously uh, time off the phone and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. In your opinion, how much influence does our phones and the news and, you know, the radio and just all the, the forms of media and, and stuff that we have at the moment influence the way we think. Because obviously, you know, we mentioned earlier about constantly thinking negatively. I um, mean, my personal opinion, you know, the news primarily is that's all it is. And then social media, same thing. So, you know, how important is it to escape or just remove that from your day-to-day activity, you know, particularly those that are constantly on it, you know, even if it is part of your job or not? Yeah, I am... Um... For me personally, and I think everyone has to kind of find their own way, yep. I, I've i shut a lot of it off. Yep. I I actually don't own a TV. Wow. I, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't own a TV. I do watch things. I've got Netflix. I've got a projector at home. So okay. I'll, you know, put stuff up on the wall if I want to watch a movie. But you or, have complete control over that, don't you? Yeah. 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 And I very careful about what I listen to. I do keep in touch with what's going on in the world, but sure. it might be that I check the ABC, you know, once mm. once a day, once a week. So yep. Sometimes it's you know once a week. It's not every yep. day. And I people tell me if there's things I need to know, yeah. you know, but there's so much out there that I cannot control. I cannot change. Mm. So I focus on the things that I can control and I can change. Yes. 
And what I notice is that the more I watch news and the more that I listen to stuff, I can just easily spiral into fear and anxiety. And the, the problem is that it's not balanced. Like I, I was talking to someone about this last night. There was an article about something in the news about a woman in Italy who had fallen to her death climbing, oh. which is incredibly tragic. Yes. But my response was, why do I need to know that? Mm. That's relevant to her and her family. And I have compassion for that. But why is the news only ever the bad things that happen in the world? Yeah. And, and things that I can't do anything about. So, you know, it's not balanced. It's not this thing happened, but also, and I'm just using this as an example. So I really don't want people to misunderstand me. No. That, that is a tragedy and I'm not discounting that. Mm. But it's, you know, we look at just like what's the worst case scenario. We look at the bad thing that happened. We don't talk about maybe, you know, the thousands of people that have climbed the same mountain without a problem. Yes. So yep. the mind the mind will naturally go. The mind is designed, the primal mind is designed to keep us safe. And mm. we're living from that. We're living from a place of we're not safe, scarcity, you know, bad things happen. And that's what we see on the news. Yes. And so yeah. some of that is relevant. Not all of it is relevant. And can we have balance? Because we get conditioned by that. You know, we, we, do. we, we children get conditioned, adults get conditioned. You look at all the problems we have in the world with our body image. Mm. And you probably see this all the time. I can only yes. speak for women, Paul. Yep. I know I'm sure it's becoming more prevalent with men. It is very much so. Yeah, because yeah. there's more pressure. And this yep. is coming from our media. We don't have, you know, we have one size represented in movies, on TV. It's really yep. rare that we have different sizes. So girls grow up. I had so many body image problems. Girls grow up and we see, you know, this is changing now, but we see one color skin. Yeah. You know, we see one size of woman and we don't see variety. And then we grow up and we think, well, I don't look like that. What's wrong with me? Yeah. Yep. You know, so we do, whether we know it or not, we are constantly being conditioned by everything that we let in. Mm -hmm. So I am really careful about what I let in. And I mean that in terms of news, media, you know, magazines, um, the people I hang out with, I'm very particular about what I let into my world. Well said. Yeah, well said. Very true. Very, very true. Um, so in terms of practicing meditation, now you mentioned that before. Can, can you elaborate on what you do? And Because there's so many forms of it. You know, yes. I, I've, I've had a, a meditation teacher on here before and, and his form was obviously very unique to, to many others. So, you know, a lot of people, obviously, one considered a little bit woo-woo, but uh, more than that, it's obviously, you know, somewhat of a consideration of maybe a task or a chore. I've got to sit down in my own space and put my hands together and, you know, do all this sort of stuff. But it's, it's so simplistic, isn't it? You just have to sit in your own space and, and, and clear your mind for five minutes, ten minutes. Some people do it for half an hour. But like you said, you can start with one minute a day. If you have yeah, to. yeah, and I think so. I keep it really simple, mm -hmm. um, but there's so many different types of of meditation, and so what I do is I just focus on my breathing, and what I do is I count my breath, and that is yeah. it. And the mind will wander, and people often think that they're not meditating if their mind is busy. Yep, your mind is always going to be busy. Your mind yeah. is constantly processing. 
So if you're thinking while you're meditating, you're not doing it wrong. The, no. the, the point is to bring it back to whatever you're focusing on. So we call that a home base. So for some people like me, it's my breath. But for some people, it can be a sensation. It can be an object. It's just a point of focus that we have. Mm -hmm. And we keep our mind there and the mind wanders and we bring it back. Bring it and back. the mind wanders and we bring it back. That yeah. is it. That's the practice. You don't need to sit in a fancy posture. You don't, I sometimes do it lying down, yeah. uh, but I do something called constructive rest. So my knees are bent Okay. because it's really nice for my lower back and my hips. Sure. And I don't fall asleep. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't do it in bed, but yeah. I will do it either sitting or lying down. Let go of the idea that you need to be in lotus pose. I've been practicing yoga for nearly 15 years and I can't do lotus pose. We'll probably never be able to do lotus pose. And I'm totally okay with that. I don't <laughs> do that. It's not going to change my life. Not so a make or break. <laughs> no, it's not going to make me a better human. Um, so yeah, just keep it, keep it really simple. And yep. there's some really great apps out there. I really like the Calm app. And oh, I, yeah. like, yep. I like Headspace as well. Yep. So getting guided is really good for me. I find a guided meditation really helpful um yeah and just and just keep it really simple but fight play with it you know someone was talking to me the other day about transcendental meditation oh, yeah. which i think i believe is mantra based mm. so mantras are really helpful um and people repeat mantras about 108 times but you can repeat it as many as you want that's yes. just a very kind of sacred number in in yoga yep. um yeah and just keep it really keep it really simple have simple. a point of focus and don't Simple as key, program. isn't it? You know, with, with anything, with change, with having conversations, it, it, you keep it simple. Yeah. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't overwhelm yourself. Just keep it simple. Yeah. 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 Um, so we, we might start to uh, to wrap up, Claire. I know you're a busy person, but do you want to give us a, a bit of a plug in terms of your business, your coaching business, and obviously where people can find it, how they can get in contact with you, and obviously the services you offer? Yeah, yeah. So follow me on Instagram, uh -huh. uh, definitely. And on Instagram, there's a link in my bio. You can also get this from my website. Mm -hmm. There's a free 30-minute masterclass on boundaries. Oh, great. Uh, which is all about identifying the three things that are stopping people from kind of owning their truth and, and, and speaking authentically. Yes. So there's a 30-minute masterclass on that, which they can get. And when they get that, they also get a 20-page ebook. Great. And that's all free. That's all gifted. So they can go and get that. Uh, there's Better Boundaries, the course as well, which is a 12-week course. We have 12 weeks. There's eight lessons, um, eight modules, 25 lessons, and you have 12 weeks to complete that. And that's okay. with me. So weekly coaching calls with me. And then there's the Self-Centered Woman program. And I'm actually looking for five women to join me on that program. So that's a six-month coaching program. Right. And I'm running it for the first time in a couple of months. I'm launching it and I'm looking for five women to join me. And that's going to bring together everything that I have. So wow. I'm basically working with a small group for six months. Yep. And we're going to look at everything that we've talked about today. And so, yeah, if you've got any listeners out there and they're kind of ready to start doing this work and they're looking for that transformation, they can reach out to me on Instagram or through my website and, and we can have a chat about that. So Absolutely. Yeah. I'll put the um, the website in the show notes so that people can find you easily enough. But, yeah, I obviously found you on Instagram and um, and you can follow along there. So you put up some good content too, by the way. I do uh, I do watch and, and learn because, you yeah, know, everyone's on, a, on their own uh, personal development path. 
Yeah, so it's always good are. to learn or other colleagues and other people uh, with similar mindsets. So it's really been great. Yeah. Um, so to finish, this is a question I ask every guest that I have on the podcast, and that is who would you have over to dinner? So it's obviously a personality question. You, they can be um, a celebrity, a sports person, male, female. Uh, they can be uh, alive or not alive at the moment. Um, doesn't matter, fictional, non-fictional, mm-hmm. totally up to you. How, how It's just to have a conversation, have a meal and just enjoy each other's company. It could be a couple if you, if you can't decide between one. Okay. I would have to say it would either be David Bowie. David Bowie. Ah. Mm-hmm. I okay. love David Bowie. And yeah. I think he's such a creative genius. Yes. And he's such a fascinating man. And Very unique most- individual, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. He was not afraid to be who he was. No, absolutely not. He was completely unapologetic, which is yep. what I love about him. And he's kind of lived the whole range of, you know, the human experience. I was devastated when he passed. Oh, um, of course. Yeah, yeah. So either him yep. or Barack Obama. Ah, okay. Because to me, he has so much presence mm. and his leadership style is phenomenal and he never seems rattled. No. You know, he's just his presence is phenomenal. So I would love to have a conversation with him and say, okay, we've got some work to do on this planet. <laughs> how are we going to make some change? <laughs> that could be a lengthy conversation. <laughs> it could be. It could be, yeah. But you're you're yeah. so true. Like Obama was... Whenever you saw him, obviously speaking, he was—he had the same uh, candor. He was the same personality. He never sort of spoke out of key or anything like that. He was—he actually delivered, obviously, really well. You know, very good mm. public speaker. But you could only imagine the amount of stress in that job. It would—it yeah. would be twenty-four-seven for four years. It just, yeah, you, yeah. You know, speaking of obviously burnout and and um, you know reaching your uh, your your ceiling in terms of what you could take on. Like you've got to be superhuman to, to be the president, that's for sure. Yeah, and I always admired his ability to, like he, he had that leadership quality of being kind of appeared to be unshakable. Yeah. But also that level of humanity and vulnerability. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he also had a really good sense of humour. Yes. You know, and I'm like, God, he just, I, I so admired him. So, yeah, I'd love to sit down and have dinner with him. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good Good choices. Very good choices. Well, thank you, Claire. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And, and I'm sure the Welcome. listeners will get a lot of value out of what we've spoken about today. And uh, as I said, I'll put your link in the show notes and um, obviously tag you on the release. Yes. Um, but, yeah, it's been really, really insightful, so I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. No problem at all. Wow, that was a great and insightful chat with Claire, and I cannot thank her enough for her time, her transparency, her honesty, uh, talking about her own situation, and then obviously uh, giving so much insight, content, and education about the coaching services that she provides and the experiences she has learned along the way. So if you're interested in uh, in Claire's offer or just want to read up more about her, please jump on her website, clairenetley.com. I'll put it in the show notes. If Obviously, if you're interested in any of my coaching services, please jump on paulsbodyengineering.com. Alternatively, if you have enjoyed this podcast, please share it on your stories and tag myself at paulsbodyengineering and, of course, tag Claire at clairenetley. And as I say to every client every single day, have a great day.